Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. And this will be our last one for 2021. Uh, so I uh, hope you guys enjoy. I am your co-host tonight, uh, Kareem Anderson. And you are joined by the world's greatest co-host, uh, myself, Arif Bacchus. Yes, uh, we are back together again uh, for, again, this last week of Microsoft News. Uh, and hopefully it'll carry us into 2022, where we will rejoin you guys uh, with even more news. We have a lot to actually talk about today. So uh, let's get started with our rundown. Uh, on the first thing on the docket we have is the iFixit service repair tools. Uh, Microsoft had mentioned that they were going to uh, release it, and it seems like we are in for a treat. Um, what's the next topic? Uh, Surface Duo finally getting a big Microsoft launcher update, not Android 11, but it is a big update that should make the original Surface Duo now look a bit more like the Surface Duo 2, visually that is. Yeah, for someone who has owned the Surface Duo 1 and who has held and played with and got your hands on Surface Duo 2, you can let us know uh, what the differences are. Uh, our third topic is the Windows 11 update blocks uh, edge deflector. So Microsoft tried to stop people and people have apparently found an open source way to get around it. So we can watch the old song and dance between Microsoft and open source community again. And our fast recap is back. And in fast recap, we have some news about how you might be able to get an Xbox Series X or if you are on the dark side, a PlayStation 5, <laughs> if you are an Amazon Prime member. As I say, if you're in the even darker side of being an Amazon Prime member, it's, it's <laughs> three levels of confusion. Uh, uh, and then we'll be talking about Microsoft releasing its last build for the year, uh, which is build uh, for Windows 11, which is build 22523. Um, it's... You know, we'll go through the details of what's in there, what's not, what's fixed, and what isn't. Uh, and then what else are we going to end with? We're getting into Minecraft, crossing 1 trillion views on YouTube, and also some news about Microsoft Teams and your calls now being encrypted. Yes, uh, which you would have thought would have been the first thing Microsoft would have worked <laughs> on, <laughs> being a security firm. Uh, and then we'll round up this podcast with our week ahead. So, uh, And with that being said, we'll, have, we'll be talking about uh, what, what we think is going to be happening in the next two weeks since we'll be uh, gone for two weeks. Um, we'll be discussing the fallout from the, I forget how it's pronounced, Loge Log4j2 bug? I don't know. That's how yeah, I Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the developers have a way of saying it. You guys know what it is. Uh, but we're talking about that bug. And also about a new Surface Go 3, which apparently just surprised you. Uh, now it's coming in a black <laughs> model. It's supposedly leaked, quote unquote. Yeah, it's funny how just a change of color makes me actually interested in this thing again. Uh, <laughs> And then we'll be talking about my predictions for 2022, uh, along with our other writer, uh, Laurent, and what his uh, look back on 2021 will be about. And we'll be discussing kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of uh, for both uh, what happened last year and what we think will be happening next year. And I can't forget that uh, January is coming up, which means that our favorite time of the year for new tech, the Consumer Electronics Show, better known as CES 22, is coming up. And I could tell you that we have a lot of cool stuff under embargoed for CES. Yes, uh, even though I won't be there, and I don't know if I don't think you're going to be there in person. Uh, but uh, they are still hosting a lot. A lot of the companies are still hosting uh, digital uh, briefings, so we have some information uh, that we're getting ready to share with you guys very soon. 
And speaking of sharing, uh, Microsoft and iFixit, they shared a big news drop at like 6 p.m. in the night when no one was paying attention <laughs> that they uh, partnered together on a new Surface Repair Tools. But this is not really centered for people like Kareem and me or people who like to tinker with computers. It's mainly for people who are repair technicians and aimed at helping them service a device, service surface device faster. So that's a that's a tongue twister but under the new partnership i fix it uh, pro independent repairers microsoft autos authorized service providers microsoft experience centers and microsoft commercial customers will be able to buy microsoft service tools for surface devices from i fix it there's uh right now it's just uh, the start of the partnership so there's like uh three tools that you could buy right now if you fall under that category there's weights and accessories and some pretty much picks that you could pick to open up the display on the surf surface devices and the tools are made by iFixit and they help in the removal of glues and adhesives which as we remember iFixit once called the original surface laptop a glued together monstrosity. So now they're <laughs> they together with Microsoft, they've developed new tools that should help you open your surface well not you, but authorized repairers open up surface devices, change the screen, take off the keyboard deck and change certain parts more easily. So it could reduce the time that your device is in service itself. And there's uh parts for the Surface Pro 7 Plus, Surface Pro 8, Surface Pro X, the laptop three laptop Laptop Studio, Laptop Go, even the new Surface Laptop SE, which has yet to be released. And as we know, iFixit has been very critical of Microsoft in the past. So I, I was really surprised when I saw this 6 p.m. news release that they're teaming up together to re uh, release new tools for authorized technicians to use. Well, I, th I want to say, and maybe this is just a fever dream I had, but I remember them coming up with this news or uh, hinting at it uh, about two months ago or, or shortly after they had released the Surface Pro 8 and the um, Surface Laptop Studio. Uh, they were showing you that there are ways to get into the Surface Laptop Studio to upgrade the SSD, uh, you know, hidden screws, things like that. But they'd also mentioned that they were, you know, uh, doing the uh, right to repair, um, but it was under the guys of professionals being able to right, do it. Yeah. Again, I think this is mainly for the Surface Pro, but it's interesting that they opened it up for all these things. It makes sense for iFixit, uh, despite the name. They should be like, we fix it or something, because <laughs> uh, whenever you see iFixit in the title, just know that it's not normally for you, yeah. most consumers to use. As you said, it's uh, as uh, they use a lot of uh, adhes uh, adhesive removal tools, a lot of hot temperature uh, items that normal people don't know how to use, uh, don't know how to put back together. So, I mean, again, you can watch the videos and see how to take apart something, but they never really show you how to put it back together. So uh, it makes sense that they're partnering with iFixit to uh, have professionals take this apart and again, have professionals ideally put it back together. So um, again, we would like to see it more accessible for us, you know, being able to just kind of take the screws off and get in there, but uh, it doesn't seem like they're ready for that just yet. Um, uh, it's part of the surface aesthetic to be very streamlined uh, uh, and minimalistic as far as the design and lines are concerned on devices. So, uh, I don't know, maybe future devices, maybe the low-end stuff, maybe the Go lineup or uh, SE as we're starting to see will be some of those devices that we'll be able to easily repair.
And Microsoft has shown interest in the area. It's not like it's something that they said, no, we're not going to do it at all. Yeah. You you have to bring it to us to get fixed. Like you said, they um, you could replace the SSDs on the laptop uh, the laptop studio, the Pro 8, as well as the Pro 7 Plus and the Pro X. But they also, in October, they said a third-party organization would, would study the environmental and social impacts of increasing consumers' options to repair their devices. And it's it's one small step forward. Apple has long been neglecting this area, this right to repair area, but they came out of the blue ran randomly one day and they're like, hey, we're not going to sell kits for you to replace your iPhone components at home. So it seems like it's something in the industry that's changing now. Yeah, um, I mean, again, I'm hoping that they take these things into consideration when they build them. Uh, if we can't get to mod out, uh, you know, more of the finer detail stuff like speakers and things like that. at least the two main areas that people have concerns about that give their devices longevity which are the ssds and the memory uh i know that in lenovo devices a lot of times they build uh two channel ram uh modules but they only put in the one channel uh memory right. for you right. and it's weird that they build that in there but you they have you know access to it so if microsoft at least starts building the service devices uh, where the memory is accessible and the SSD is accessible and maybe nothing else. Because uh, I think the Pro has a design where you can basically go to one corner of the Pro underneath the flap, pop open the, that yep. section and, and pop out the SSD. It's super easy. So if they start doing that more with you know their other devices, laptop, things like that, I think that's all they really need to do. And that should satisfy a lot of uh, customers. And you know what's another device of Microsoft? The Surface Duo. And Segway. It, has, it has gotten a big uh, Microsoft launcher update, uh, which we hinted at at the top of the show. Personally, as someone who has uh, the Duo right here, the, the original Surface Duo, when I saw the news that Microsoft launcher is getting updated to look like the Surface Duo 2, I was like, oh, let me pull out my Duo from my draw and finally start using it again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Microsoft is uh, just updated to the version 6. Dot, now, again, stay, stick with me here. 6.211102.0.1017440. So look for 7440, guys. Uh, that's that's going to be your latest update if you're a Duo person. Uh, we'd been hoping that Microsoft would have gotten around to updating to Android 11 as they had promised. They pushed it off from the, they had mentioned it in spring, said it would be available in summer. Summer rolled around, they said it'd be available at the end of the year. We are now here at the end of the year, unless they give us a sneak update sometime next week, which I doubt they will. Uh, they will have missed their proposed target. But what they did do was they updated the launcher, which is a, a pretty significant one, uh, according to you. Because I, just like you, I went out and bought a Duo uh, about two weeks ago for like 300 bucks. It's super cheap. And I'm loving this device. I've actually put my SIM in it as my daily driver. But enough about my Duo. Let's kind of get into what some of the differences are that people can start to expect from um uh, the new up, the new UI design, uh, according to our write-up, uh, it should include the new app drawer, uh, which what has. Now... I have it here. If you oh, don't have a duo yourself, it, it probably uh, not do. the it's best the lighting. But <laughs> you could see here that the 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 app drawer now has the rounded corners, kind of like how Windows 11 has the rounded corners, and you see the little pill bar at the top. So if you pull it down and push it up, you get that cool fluent effect, and everything is more rounded, and it looks more on par with what the Surface original 
the what the uh, sorry what the surface dual 2 looks like and also the feed there's more translucent effect translucent effects here and it looks and it looks exactly like what the surface dual 2 looks like visually we're not talking in terms of android 11 just yet we're just talking about the visual looks and the way that the surface dual 2 looks uh when it comes to microsoft launcher yeah, um, and to be clear, remember that this is the launcher. As far as what Android 11 brings, I believe it's you know obviously with each update is more security. Uh, there are a lot of tweaks to the uh, navigation uh, of the notification shade. So as of right now, uh, Android 10 is still rocking the very squarish yep. uh, down the center um, um, notification shade. Now, uh, the other thing that should be also noted is that Surface Duo 2 owners also got. The same update as well. They got two updates, I think, this month. Uh, one was a performance and stability update, uh, which also it was a huge one. Apparently, brought a lot of things, and we mentioned this last week that our buddy Shane has kind of walked through each one of those. So you guys can go check out his video for all of the details on that. But they also got this, uh, uh, I guess, version number update to the launcher. And I think the more interesting thing about this update is that it is now back in the uh play, play store, store yeah for updates so that's the big thing uh for those of you who've had a duo for a while i don't know if you remember but microsoft decided to yank it from the play store because they had a plan of sending out uh over-the-air updates to the microsoft launcher as though they were system updates so uh you would no longer be able to just kind of randomly go to the play store to update it you have to wait each month to get the big update kind of like how google does its own uh android um uh, updates uh seems like they backtracked on that uh maybe just to push out this update before the end of the year i don't know what their deal is we haven't uh, gotten any confirmation from them on why they uh, did this I think, but... I think dan at windows central in his report he said that it was a blocking bug with something oh, that prevented them right. from right. sending the the launcher updates via the store so for like three months there weren't no launcher updates and then suddenly uh, again, at a weird time in the day, they everyone started writing reports that, hey, the original Surface Duo is now finally getting updated to look like the Duo 2. And uh, this update uh, applies to people who are just using the regular Microsoft launcher and people yeah. who are on the beta channel as well. So yeah. uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, if it hasn't come to your system, you should probably head over to the Play Store and go ahead and grab that uh, update. And updates. What do people do with updates? Usually, remember when uh, the big win of big Windows 10 update delivered the new Microsoft Edge? Well, hey, here we are again. <laughs> We're talking about Edge again for our third topic. And it's not something that's making people happy this time. I know it's something that Tom Warren from The Verge has been obsessively writing about for some reason. But uh, Microsoft really wants you to use Microsoft Edge. Previously, there was an app that you could use in Windows called Edge Deflector, which would redirect uh, system things like the widgets experience or your search experience from the search box away from Edge to your default browser. But Microsoft said a couple months ago that it would no longer allow app developers to invoke Microsoft Edge protocol links. And now the company has finally acted. The latest update for Windows 11 blocks apps like Edge Deflector, which makes it very hard to avoid using Edge in Windows 11 for core system features. And it apparently has the world up in flames and angry at Microsoft. Yeah, maybe you and I can walk through this through, through our discussion because um, as our editor-in-chief, uh, Kip, you know, rails on it too, uh, 
there is the distinct uh, uh, occurrence of where uh, operating system provider is allowed to, you know, yep. kind of push their own product. But because of the history and op- and openness of Windows, it's becoming yep. a, we- a bit weird that they are trying to lock down Edge. I mean, from a business perspective, we know exactly why they're doing this. Uh, but from a developer, you know, wanting to get developers on board, wanting to get people to, you know, love Windows as such, it would say, uh, this seems to be kind of, uh, stopping all over those uh, uh, notions. Now, um, what the actual, and I think before we start, you know, uh, getting pe- you know, fear mongering people, let's see what the actual, the practicality of what this is doing. The update basically is allowing, I mean, they still have the default. You could option. still change your default browser. It's just that this is blocking you from uh, avoid system apps like. Like I said, the the weather, the widgets experience, and the search box from redirecting you to your default browser. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you thinking about how practical this is, you can still go download Chrome. You can go download Firefox, Opera, yep. uh, Vivaldi, with all the rest of the browsers, and you can also set the protocols all each individually. I mean, it's yep. a pain in the butt, but uh, you can set them individually. And there's also, I believe, a toggle at the top that does most. I think the top like. Yep. 10 uh, protocols, the most used ones, yep. are set to whatever your default is. You'd have to go in after the first 10, I believe, and kind of set the rest of ones, if you know what those are as well. Uh, as far as the weather widget and the search box, uh, that's a different story. I know everyone, for those of you who use the search, you obviously want to use uh, Google. But this is baked into uh, Windows setting systems as well, yep. uh, as far as Edge being the kind of default thing. Uh, and as far as the widget is concerned, Shame on you. Shame on you for using the widgets. <laughs> you should know better. There's no, there's no point in trying to use uh, Google as your uh, engine or your information provider on those widget settings. Uh, it doesn't work. It's Microsoft. Shame on you for providing the widgets to begin with and not uh, allowing third-party developers to just create their own widgets. I, I don't. You know, if you're going to default for um, your own system preferences for like you know weather and things like that, allow people to add their own widgets. Uh, they're all Google weather, Google Maps or Google Weather, uh, or you know, uh, uh, what's the other? What's what's a big weather app? Uh, the Weather Channel app, I guess, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, allow people to build into that. That's the bottom line. But again, if you're using um, the widgets, don't. <laughs> there, there is a new uh, third-party app that's available on uh, GitHub that you could use to actually reset all the values so everything in windows period will use your default web browser but the catch is is that it needs to be running in the background so developers are finding a way around this and i'm pretty sure microsoft will end up shutting it down sooner rather than later but well i think that's only for their own brand uh brand recognition though because again this is like when Chrome would drain batteries. People would say Windows sucks and Windows gets poor battery life. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Like, well, yeah, yeah. When 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 Chrome is using you know seventy percent of your memory and uh, you know just constantly open with all kinds of uh, extensions and things like that, yeah, that's going to make Windows look bad. I think the same right. thing for this uh, application. If it's running in the background and draining memory, draining battery, crashing apps, things like that, Microsoft is one going to shut down because you're using it. Two, because it just makes Windows look bad. 
But still, it's been a tough road for Edge, hasn't it? Uh, there's always something that seems to be bothering people. What was it? I think the buy now, pay later thing with Zip. Uh, it was trending yeah. on Twitter. And everyone yeah. was like, no, this uh, I'm not using Edge anymore because Microsoft is forcing buy now, pay later on me for no reason. And yeah. then the whole uh, making it harder to switch your default web browser. But truth be told, Microsoft, uh, they, they basically restored the way that it was in Windows 10 in the latest Windows 11 dev channel build for the setting where you could go change your default web browser. So they are listening to feedback. Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of this is perception, to be honest with you. Uh, the perception is that people who yell the loudest make it seem like they're the majority. Uh, to be honest with you, people are still overwhelmingly using Chrome. Uh, for everyone who's out there yelling and crying and complaining about Edge <laughs> right, and yeah. the buy not pay later stuff, the, the, a lot of those people are either dual browser users or you know maybe just heard the news because percentage wise uh, edge still isn't in i don't even think it's broken 15 percent as it far passed as you firefox show. as the most uh, it's number two to chrome and <laughs> firefox yes. is now number three correct but i mean those are still i believe single digits it's like chrome yeah. os and mac os coming right. in you know fighting for second and third even though windows is you know over 75 percent so um as far as people complaining, like you know, again, like you said, Microsoft's listening. Uh, they are they made huge strides in making um, Edge usable, but I just don't think the marketing is there. I don't think the buying share is there for them to do uh, much work beyond that. Like the, and without being able to kind of push their own product, I don't see how people expect them to uh, just gain market share. Like if they if they don't do these kind of tactics, if they don't try and push it forward, if they don't try and lock people down into it, people are just going to say like, oh, well, I use Edge or the new version of IE to get to Chrome. And that'll be the end of the story. So I don't condone what they're doing, um, but I understand as, a, as from a business perspective why they're doing it. And now it's time for our fast recap because we hit our three main topics and I'm giving us 10 minutes for our fast recap because we have a lot to get to. And the first one is Amazon now giving U.S. Prime members, subscribers, quote unquote, priority access to Xbox Series X and PS5 consoles. Now, I'm not sure how it's going to work because stock of these consoles is already hard to find as is, but apparently now through December 31st, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you'd be able to buy a Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S or PS5 compared to someone who is not an Amazon Prime member. Yeah, I wonder if they're just putting in code to be like, as soon as you sign in, they recognize your Prime membership and they show you they show you that, hey, they're right? in stock. And uh, I, I want to test that. I'm going to use my wife has our is under her Prime account uh, and I'm going to try and sign in with just mine and see if Xbox shows up. And if under her Prime when it's like, oh, guess what? There's an Xbox available. Tell your husband that he needs to get a Prime account. Like, I, I don't know how they're going to do this, but, uh, you know, hey, good luck to all of you out there who are trying to get a console uh, this holiday season. And get us into the news about the last Windows 11 Insider Build of the year. Yeah, Microsoft released uh, Windows Insider Build 22523 uh, as the final flight of 2021. Uh, and what it brings is uh, some improvements. Uh, it's not a huge uh, like game changer or anything like that if you miss it. Uh, there'll be another one at the start of 2022. So uh, as among the changes and improvements, we're seeing uh, there's some uh, snap groups uh, it, in 
Snap Groups and Alt Plus Tab Task View. Uh, when you hover over the apps, you'll now be able to see them there uh, when you're inside the, the dev channel. Uh, the file explorer is open to uh, this PC. Uh, the add the media server has um, also been uh, improved. And as part of the ongoing efforts to bring over settings from control panel, which is, I think, this is the biggest news in this update. Uh, they are redirecting a lot of the functions from control panel into the new modern settings menu. Now, again, it doesn't get rid of it. Uh, they're still sort of duplicating the efforts, but uh, it's baby steps towards finally getting rid of uh, that ugly looking version of control panel for for those for some of you maybe next year they'll finally get rid of it for good one uh, of their new I, year's resolutions i think it's the same thing that's the same issue that we have with file explorer is that uh, i think people tend to forget that um, developers uh, for businesses it enterprises like that build in apps that that trigger that link straight into those control settings so you can't just rip them out because uh again your employees whoever accesses your it admins will be lost without it um, so they again they have to do this slowly but surely kind of walk people you know each individual feature from the control panel back over to this so that developers and it admins things people who access these direct links uh know where to go know how to fix things and know how to approve things so again this is why we haven't seen a whole revamp of the uh, file UI, um, uh, file explorer UI, or control panels, or some of the old uh, device management things like that. Because again, uh, there are apps, there are uh, programs that link straight to those that bypass all the cool new stuff that we see in Windows 10 and 11 and go straight to those old versions. So just keep that in mind when you're upset about the uh, UI inconsistencies. Uh, something that you probably won't be upset about is Minecraft crossing 1 trillion views on YouTube. Um, it, it's already one of the most popular video games of all times. Pretty much every kid in the world plays it now. And YouTube is uh, proving why it's so popular because Mohang Studios announced that Minecraft videos have now crossed 1 trillion views on YouTube for a sandbox game that was just released 10 years ago. Uh, YouTube celebrated the milestone on December 15th with a cool blocky animation on the YouTube logo, and Mohang released a special video to celebrate the growing Minecraft community. Yeah, I wonder how many of those one trillion videos are just parents typing in, what is Minecraft? No, what is Minecraft? <laughs> is Minecraft safe for kids, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, up, you know, I want to say maybe about six years ago, I was typing that in, like, what is Minecraft? And Because I saw the blocky figures and things like that, but I had no idea what this game was. And here I am, uh, six years later. Like, oh, this is a pretty cool thing. But I could, I could understand if there were parents going, "Is this, is this safe for my kid to play?" And then last up is Microsoft Teams video calls now being end-to-end -end encrypted. Now, don't take this the wrong way. Uh, your team stuff has always been encrypted encrypted using Microsoft 365 encryption standards. We'll have a link if you want to read more about it. But the change is that. One-to-one -one video calls are now encrypted, which is like what Kareem and I are doing for this podcast. Uh, if you you know your car call is encrypted, you your IT admin has to turn on the feature, and you yourself have to turn on the feature. And when you do, you see a little padlock in the top left of the call, and it has a, an encryption code that's the same for you and the other person at the end of the call. And it's now rolling out in the latest version of the Teams uh, app on Windows and also on Mac OS. Yeah, so now 
uh, agencies like the CIA can have boring teams meetings as well, just like the rest <laughs> of us. Uh, so yeah, they can lock that up. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, it was encrypted by Microsoft standards, but now individuals can uh, encrypt individual conversations at will, uh, depending on if you're an IT admin, it allows you to. So um, depending on who you're, you know, who, whichever executive you're talking about, whichever project needs to have uh, even more security added to it, you can do that per uh, call as well. And I think that said, we hit our fast recap in under ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> good way to end the year, right? But we're so. not we're not done yet. We still have to talk about our week ahead. I think just because we like hearing the sound of our own voices. But yeah, we have uh, starting with the Black Surface Go. I'll let you run on that one. Yeah, so Microsoft apparently has a new Surface Go 3 model uh, that that leaked. Uh, they didn't officially announce it. It just leaked by the German blog WinFuture. Uh, sh- they showed some marketing pictures of a new 10.5-inch tablet and in black. And supposedly the only 10.5-inch tablet Microsoft has is the Surface Go. So we're assuming that this is a new Surface Go 3 in black. And it's pretty much the same as the regular Surface Go 3. Nothing changed on the internals according to win future so it's just a fresh coat of paint that is yeah and sadly i am a sucker for it um when the original surface go 3 came out uh i believe uh the reviews were middling uh it was you know a spec bump at best and even the, even then the specs weren't that great so uh and it seems like microsoft kind of itself buried it in the marketing we we got a lot of marketing for the surface laptop studio right. we got a lot of marketing for the surface pro uh, it seems like the Surface Pro X and the Surface Go uh, at the same time didn't get as much love, uh, again, because they're just spec bumps, so to speak. Uh, not much big on the design, but because it's in black, I don't know. I just, it just looks <laughs> much nicer, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to get my hands on one now. And why don't you talk about this Log4J2 bug that everyone has been talking about? Yeah, I wrote an article about this earlier this week. Uh, it's basically uh, uh, a Java. Uh, let me sure I get it right for you guys. Uh, it's a JavaScript Java, book. Well, it's for it's for logging. It's a logging library, basically. So what ends up happening is that a lot of systems, you know, uh, including Amazon, even Microsoft, well, Minecraft, as we were just mentioning, uh, Microsoft's own property, uh, a bunch of other companies use this logging script because it's the most popular version of it uh, on the open source in the open source community. Uh, and what it does is basically allows systems to, you know, uh, um, track bug reports. So, you know, if you're using a product and it crashes, you're using something like uh, a Windows or using a specific service, you know, when you have those crash reports and it says, hey, would you like to send this to the developer and let them know w- what happened at this instance? It takes a snapshot, essentially, of your system and of all the things, a lot of data of all the things on your system to give to the developers so they can come through it and figure out exactly what just happened. Uh, well, hackers have figured out a way to use this uh, and kind of put in a um, uh, 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 malware and inject it into this so not, they can basically overtake a system overtake servers who use the system uh, to basically leverage all that data that comes through to developers uh, it's a huge problem uh, it's only going to get worse uh, unfortunately before it gets better uh, we have a lot of uh, quotes from both Microsoft uh, uh, the, uh, the U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency as well um, what they're saying, uh, I think, believe in quote, is the vulnerability is one of the most serious that I've seen in my entire career, if not the most serious. We expect the vulnerability to be widely exploited and sophisticated actors, 
uh, by sophisticated actors, and we have limited time to take necessary steps in order to reduce the likelihood of damage. And this is from uh, Jin uh, Easterly, I believe. I think I'm saying her name right. The director of the CISA. Um, so it isn't um, just Microsoft who was sounding the alarm, but uh, there are other uh, individuals who are in security that see this as a problem now. The little bit of good news is that there have been a lot of uh, companies who've already implemented fixes for it. I believe this was an Apache original, so they've already issued uh, patches for this, and I believe all the various versions, too. Um, they have, I think the patch should take care of, uh, includes 2.0 through beta uh, 9 and 2.14.1. Uh, so, um, again, it depends on how quickly your company is working on this, but a lot of people have already started implementing it. Uh, the problem is, is that um, companies uh, kind of implement them at their own pace. And so as the exploit is out there, there's still a ton of customers whose information can be up for grabs until it gets fixed. Um, I believe that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this because like I said, there are uh, you know, the exploits out there. And I believe that they've actually already found a secondary way to kind of exploit this that is going around what's already been patched. So again, it's a cat and mouse game at the moment. And what is possibly cat and mouse could be your piece about what you're looking ahead for in Microsoft in 2022. Yeah, I'll be sitting out, uh, I'll be chasing after what I believe are some of the things that should be, uh, we should be looking at uh, at Microsoft in 2022. Um, basically, uh, you know, I'm not going to give away the whole thing because I want you guys to read it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, uh, you know, just kind of talking about hardware that we're going to be looking forward to, uh, fixes and things that need to be done in Windows 11. Uh, Kind of keeping an eye on Microsoft in the cloud as well, because um, you know they, as much as we see them kind of uh, doing well, uh, we also see that their month, their quarter over quarter gains are starting to shrink, even though their revenues are going up. Uh, so you know they at some point will be hitting a ceiling. They're still going up against Amazon, who uh, is making uh, significant changes. Google Cloud is also making significant changes. Um, some other things we'll be talking about is, or you know, things like these bugs as well. Uh, the the log four J two bug. Uh, keeping an eye on that as well. And I wanted to end it as well, talking about some of the legislative things that will be coming forward for not just Microsoft, but for Google, for Facebook, for Apple, things like that. There's going to be a lot of legal battles um, once our Congress can kind of get their heads around uh, what needs to be uh, legislated as far as big tech. So uh, we'll see how Microsoft pivots on a lot of that stuff as well. And on the other side of things, our editor, Laurent, he's planning a piece on Microsoft in 2021, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm sure he'll talk about the good stuff, which is Xbox, like Flight Simulator and Halo and the next-gen consoles and Game Pass. And then the bad stuff, in his opinion, which is Windows 11 and all the troubles and the problems with uh, not working on old hardware and the rollout and the bugs. Uh, you guys will have to keep an eye on his piece. I'm pretty sure it'll be an interesting read for you people who like to uh, criticism. Yeah, I, I also want to see if I can add an addendum uh, on where Microsoft goes with the Duo because uh, it's going to be critical if they come out with the Duo 3 or if they just scrap the whole project altogether. Uh, I know that uh, we've seen, what, what is that new Oppo, whatever that phone is? The Oppo Fold that <laughs> basically copies the the Galaxy Z Fold and they call yeah. it their own phone. <laughs> yeah. If And I believe they're they're the sister company of OnePlus. So OnePlus yeah. can like pivot and bring that to market. 
Uh, I know a lot of people love the aspect ratio, which is similar to the Duo, uh, but has a folding phone aspect of the surf, the Samsung Fold. So uh, who knows if people start to gravitate towards that uh, more so than the Duo, which, again, uh, it's two, two screens, so it's a different type of experience. But, um, you know, Microsoft's not selling it in carriers right now for the Duo 2, which is, you know, a statement in and of itself, even when... Windows Phone was doing poorly. AT&T was still, and T-Mobile were still among two carriers in the U.S. that would support it. Uh, not having any support right now for a very expensive phone in its second iteration that got middling reviews could be a bad sign. So we'll see uh, what they do for the Duo 3 hopefully next year, if there's going to be one. And that's it. I think we hit everything that we wanted to talk about. And we do have a program programming note for you guys is that we will be off for Christmas on the 26th and also New Year's on January 2nd. So we'll be back on January 9th with a whole new season and a whole new year of awesome stuff. Yeah, we're looking forward to kind of upgrading some of the things that uh, on the technical side, uh, hopefully getting some more interviews from people, uh, maybe even doing some uh, exploring some different formats and the way we kind of do this. So uh, we would love to hear from you guys. We would also love to bring you guys on. We've been saying it all year. So we'll figure out a way to kind of do that. Uh, and that's going to be it for this year, I believe. Yeah, I'll leave you for the traditional outro. Yeah, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you? A back Yeah, and for those of you who are uh, still, you know, bored at home, don't want to deal with your family or don't want to talk to them, you can always <laughs> hide away on your phone, hide away on your duo, read some news. Uh, you can find uh, a lot of our headlines, our giveaways, uh, some of our own editorials and takes on Twitter uh, on, on Microsoft, or you can go to our website on Microsoft.com. Uh, if you want to hear some old podcasts, if you want to see how rough this podcast started <laughs> and where we are today, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, you can also uh, check us out on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, you know, all the places you can get a podcast, I believe. And that's it. Uh, as always, we thank you guys for watching us and see you guys in 2022. Yes, I really appreciate you guys coming along for the journey for this whole year. We're going to keep trying to do this for you. Uh, and again, we just hope we keep getting better and we hope you guys tell a friend. All right, everyone. Take care. See you again soon. Same place, same time. Enjoy your new year. <laughs>